Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This week, my guest is Jamal Stafford, who's the founder and managing member of the law firm of J.W. Stafford. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Gary. Thanks for having me. So, Jake, tell me, what is it about law um, that made you get involved with it? Yeah, I'm, you know, look, I, I grew up as a kid watching, uh, you know, all the, the legal shows. Um, but, you know, law is one of those areas where it it touches everything uh it touches business uh individual uh you know relationships and it's just one of those areas where it's just very interesting and and you really can can make a difference for you know everyone from the the big fortune 500 companies to the individual uh you know living next door it's just a really uh, very important aspect of uh of our country and i think it's one of the i guess one of the great great things about america i mean you can ideally get justice equal justice under the law so i i, I like it and uh this is what i've been doing for uh what 15 years <laughs> something like that so right now, yeah. now your firm specializes in employment law right right uh employment law and we also represent uh licensed professionals in front of their uh professional licensing board so like doctors nurses dentists who have who may have issues that pop up in front of their uh, in front of their board but yes okay so so what is it about the the employment law and stuff that that really gets you excited and and why is it that you chose you know that particular niche yeah so uh, employment law so let me back up my, my when I first came out of law school uh, and left, uh, finished my clerkship, um, I worked for a big Fortune 500 company, uh, working for just corporations. Uh, the individuals we spoke with were more of a general counsel. Uh, and, you know, uh, and so I wanted to sort of get a little bit away from that and to start helping individuals. Um, uh, you know, there's nothing more uh, fulfilling than to help, to help people. Uh, and so we, with employment law, I'm able to represent individuals and also represent businesses. So we actually do both sides. We do management side and employee side. Uh, and we think that gives us a unique, uh, unique perspective, uh, because we know what the plaintiff's lawyers, we know the angles that they want to take, uh, and we we've seen, you know, obviously how businesses sort of run afoul of things and we can uh, help them in various areas in the employment context. So, yeah. Right. So, you know, again, so so you are you're you're, you're kind of doing both sides. So, yep. you know, that does kind of give you a, a unique perspective because of, hey, well, if I was doing this, this is, you know, you kind of know the 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 counteract and everything else that, that goes along with it. Yeah. Um, from a, you know, we'll take it, start out with, you know, from the business side of things, sure. um, what are some of the common mistakes that you see businesses make when it comes to, you know, their employees and, and employment law? Yeah. So it's a few things. Um, one, we see, especially smaller businesses, 
they they're not very good at documenting performance management issues. And what we see happening a lot of times is, you know, a smaller business, you, you know, you don't want to be too critical sometimes. And so an employee who's who's got serious performance issues, uh, personality issues that, you know, create conflict in the workplace, they're not documented like they should be. And what happens a lot of times is that employee is going to be the one who goes to the EOC uh, and says, you discriminate against me or or what have you. And what happens is if you don't have that documentation in place, like, hey, uh, uh, we've provided a verbal warning about X, Y, and Z, and here it is. If you don't have that documentation in place, you're sort of at a disadvantage because when you – go to ha- you know explain how poor of a performer this employee was and the issues that this employee was having the first thing that's going to be asked is well where is the write up where is the the disciplinary document where's the documentation uh and so we, we really see small business owners especially make that mistake uh and so that's definitely something that you've you've got you've got to do it you've got to do it consistently uh, you've got to be very as clear as possible in those doc at documentation. If you if you have an employee who has performance issues, you need to document that well and make the employee sign it and acknowledge that. Look, you, you know, hey, we've showed this document to you. You are on notice. Uh, and if they refuse to sign it, you know, say so uh, there on the document. Uh, so that's one area where we see. Uh, business uh, business owners make mistakes. Another is uh, the wage and hour context. It doesn't happen often, but it happens. Um, wage and hour issues are what I'll call a very plaintiff-friendly area. Um, there's, the way, in the wage and hour context, it's, it's, it's a very clear calculus for plaintiff's lawyers. It's, is there liability? Uh, and and if so, it, it's off to the races, uh, you know. And, and so you want to be careful here. You want to make sure that you're, you've got electronic timekeeping records. You want to make sure that the, that you, you appropriately classify these employees um, that are working for you. And, uh, and so you, you really want to make sure you've got that lined up because with wage and hour issues, there is the possibility for individual liability. So, uh, for instance, Gary, if you had, uh, a, you know, let's say a, an assistant um, and you, you know, he or she worked more than 40 hours a week and you didn't pay overtime, uh, you know, yes, your your business could be subject to a lawsuit, but also you you potentially could be subject individually to a lawsuit. So it's very important that you get those get the wage and hour issues, uh, you know, is, is, you know, correct from the beginning uh, and make sure that you've got uh, everything, uh, you know, obviously time records kept appropriately. Right. Now, now you talked about um, classifying employees and stuff like that. And and then you're talking about kind of the overtime and stuff. Um, I know lots of times people think, oh, well, I put them on salary, so I don't have to pay them that. 
Um, can you talk about kind of the classification of employees and, and how that does differentiate? Yeah, so it, it's it's like a it, it is an analysis uh, and it's not not something we can right. really do uh, on this. But it's one of those situations where uh, depending on what the employee does, uh, you know, job duties, responsibilities, um, you've got to make sure that the employee is appropriately classified as either exempt or non-exempt. Um, and so you want to make sure this is done right. And look, we, uh, you know, we recommend, you know, look, obviously your payroll company uh, has some, you know, generally speaking, depending on who you work with, uh, has, uh, you know, basically job categories that can help you sort right. of figure that out. Uh, but, you know, look, you've, depending on what you've got this individual doing, uh, you may need to get consultation with an HR professional or an employment lawyer to really sort of sift through, is this person uh, being uh, uh, classified appropriately? So it, it does get into the very, very, it can get into the very nitty gritty right. sometimes. So you got to be very careful on this. I think it's, you know, something that's important. I always talk about, hey, it's better to pay that professional up front than it is later on, because when you're paying it later on, you're paying exponentially more. Yeah. Um, when somebody, you know, because lots of times when people start their business, it's just them. And then next thing you know, they need to hire that helper or somebody in the office or whatever. And then next thing you know, they got five and six different employees and, and so forth. Um how does that look when somebody comes to you and say, okay, I'm coming to you now because I've never really had anybody class, you know, classified in any particular way. I'm not doing performance reviews and stuff like that. How does that look, um, you know, coming to you and how do you guys then take and help me kind of get, I'm going to say, get my employment house in order? Yeah. So a few things. One, that is the typical small business. Uh, and, and, and look, I mean, that it's not unexpected. It's a typical small business. What we we like to do at our firm is we we say, look, we want to get involved when it's, you know, obviously we are there to provide advice and counsel when appropriate. But what we the first thing we would probably do is say, look, you need to get an HR professional. Uh, an outside HR professional. So for instance, uh, you know, Heather Dunkerley right. is on our board. Uh, we, we absolutely would refer, uh, you know, refer that out because it's, it, it's more cost effective. You know, there's, you know, a lot of that stuff is just, you just need an HR professional to help you and, and they, to get it in order. And they can do that in a very cost effective way. We like to get involved when, look, when there is this sort of, hey, look, we've got potential litigation here. Um, we need to get, then we need to get involved uh, where there's a concern about litigation. You've gotten a letter, an employee maybe has said something that sort of sparks the, oh my gosh, we might have a lawsuit coming. Then we want to get involved. But, you know, for getting the house in order, a lot of times an outside HR professional can be a very cost-effective way of doing that. And we're all about that because, you know, look, they've got, you know, it's more cost effective for a small business owner to do that. Right. I, I think it's important also to, you know, and you're saying about the, you know, the HR professional, because, you know, there's many um, 
you know, CPAs, accountants, bookkeepers that actually do payroll. Yeah. Um, I do payroll for people, but I am not an HR person. I do not classify people's employees or anything else. You tell us what to pay and, and right. that's what we pay. Yeah. So it, so it is important to make sure that you're that you're doing, you know, that that classification properly and, and things like that. Um, because I know people have come to me and they're like, oh, well, I need help. It's like, that's, that's not what we do. And I yeah. will tell you probably 99.9% .9 of the time, a CPA is not the right person to go yeah. to for, for when it comes to, to these classifications, you know, we look at it more from, a um, uh, is somebody an independent contractor versus an employee yeah. because of how we have to report stuff, but yeah. Outside of that, and there's still some some you know some gray area in there that, mm -hmm. that I think people need help with. Yep. Um, you know, from you know, let let let's you know turn the table here sure. and talk about the the that employee who who um, feels that they've been classified wrong or they're not being paid the proper wages or they've decided that um, you know with the quiet quitting movement that that has been mm -hmm. upon us and stuff like that. Um, what are some of the, you know, advice that you give to, you know, these individuals that, that fall into this category? Oh, for the, for the employees? Yeah. For the, on the employee side now. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it depends. Um, so let me give you, a, like, so for instance, the wage and hour issues, like, right. Um, Employee comes to me and says, look, I, I'm not getting paid overtime or they're paying me straight time, not time and a half. Um, you know, look, we 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 obviously behind the scenes try to get as much information as we can. Um, and then at that point, once we've determined if there's potential liability, uh, we then proceed accordingly. Um you know, look, uh, you know, so that that's the wage and hour side. I mean, you know, but look, there, there's so many employees come to us and, and I will tell you this. We probably meet with 30 to 40 employees a month in consultation. Mm -hmm. We probably only accept five to 10 a month. I mean, you know, it's, it's, look, employees come to us about almost everything, right. uh, whether it be from, you know, they believe they're being discriminated against, they believe there's compensation issues, et cetera. And we, you know, we try to, as a firm to really sort of sift out as much as we can, like, Hey, do we have something here that is meritorious? And if so, you know, we, we try to absolutely move it forward but, you know, but look, a lot of times it's sort of like giving the employee advice on what to do. And, and we stay behind the scenes and an employer may never know we were even doing anything, uh, you know, help the employee craft an email, uh, you know, complaining to HR about potential discrimination, something like that. But we, we try to it, it, it all is dependent on the circumstances, the employee, what their comfort level is with us being out there, because, look, there's a lot of times where it's depending on what's going on with the employee uh, and the issues they're complaining about, it may not make a lot of sense for us to get involved because once the lawyers show up, 
the relationship changes. And that's something we really try to press upon employees. Um, We want to be judicious about uh, us sending a letter over. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I think it's important, too, that though that that lots of times people are happy where they're at. They like what the job is that they're doing. But it just may be they don't know how to communicate the right way. Like you're saying, hey, I'm working, you know, 60 hours, you know, a week, but I'm only being paid for, for, you know, the 40, or maybe I am being paid for 60, but I'm not being paid the time and a half. How do I go about making sure that, that I get compensated for this? Um, but you're right. I mean, you know, if, if once the attorneys come in, I mean, that, that, that changes, you know, things big time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, when it comes to the compensation wage an hour, we're not very shy about getting involved in that because that's 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 your money. Right. Um, when we're talking about discrimination, that's where we get real, I call discerning. Uh, because look, people have different uh, people interpret things differently, right? Uh, they'll interpret the boss speaking to them or not speaking to them a particular day, you know. And it may be like, look, the boss is just busy. But they, they, they take it, they interpret that differently. And so we, we really do get judicious about the discrimination aspect. But wage an hour, and, and this is one of the things that really, really impress upon employers. Look, plaintiff's lawyers love wage an hour cases. No doubt about it. Because once there's liability, once that's clear, any employer, any, any employment lawyer, especially on the management side, will tell you if there's clear liability – you want to get that wage in our case solved as soon as possible right. because you've got attorney's fees involved. And what can happen, and I'm telling you, this 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 does happen. You fool around and you don't get this thing resolved, this case, the wage in our case resolved. You you may owe the employee, say, $30,000. <laughs> but the attorney's fees, you fooled around and you let this attorney file suit, go through discovery, go through a trial, those attorney's fees can be $80,000, $100,000. So it, 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 it's like you want to make sure that you've got those ducks in a row. And if there's a problem, you want to get get counsel involved early and get this thing resolved early because this thing can spiral out of control. It can be very, very expensive. Very right. expensive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. Kind of jumping back to the to the other side, management side, you know, sure. again, the the quiet quitting movement and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. What's kind of you know, you know, growing up, I was always taught, you know, if you're working eight thirty to five, that means you're at your desk, your computer's <laughs> on, you physically start working at eight thirty, not yeah. you come rolling in the door at eight thirty. Um, and then, you know, at five o'clock's the, you know, quitting time. It's like, okay, I'm not walking out the door at five o'clock. I'm working and then doing everything. How, how, you know, cause it, this is a big topic for a lot of people. No, it, no, look, I'm, I'm telling you. And, and I think every employer will tell you, look, the way that the employees, at least folks I've, I've spoken with the way it usually works, the employee comes in, you know, whether on time or late. And right. the first thing they're doing is they're checking TikTok. <laughs> and they're they're checking their social media, you know. It, it, it's it's, I'll tell you, it it's a different, um, it, it's a different generation, uh, and I think it is generational. Uh, I, 
and again, not to sort of lump everybody together, but there's generational stuff going on here. And the challenge for employers, but also the opportunity is that, look, you've got, you know, look, we got the, you've got sort of a, a very small pool of available employees right now. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a challenging time to find an employee. Uh, and, uh, you know, and so you've got to figure out, you know, some some employers are trying to sort of figure out how to make it work, right? Look, you've got employees who are in the social media. Look, is there something you can do to, you know, sort of, sort of one, help capture that? Because look, they, they can be a good source of, look, if they like working for you, hey, nothing better than them blasting it out on social media. And, and so, so figuring out how to sort of, uh, you know, yes, you, you got to get your work, you know, you got to get the work done. You want to have standards, but trying to figure out how to work with it a little bit. Um, that That's my recommendation. But look, I mean, there's going to be some times where you've got to, you know, and, and this can be maybe putting policies in place. And because one of the things as well is, look, as you're growing as a company, you go from one, you know, employee of one being you to two, three, four, five, maybe a hundred, whatever, Hey, look, having that employee handbook in place. So like, look, you can point to, Hey, this is the policy. Uh, you know, we, we need everybody to follow it. Uh, and, and to really try to get that, like, look, here's the standard, here's the policy, but don't lose sight of like, you know, you got a different employee pool here. You, you Sometimes you may need to sort of work with it. It's, I think I, I was talking with somebody uh, a few days ago and you know back in the old days you know people employees would take time out to go smoke right, right. like it was that's right. just what happened and, you know and so it's like it, it's a similar issue uh with this social media stuff right employees you know they're not going out smoking but they're going to look right. at social right. media right. <laughs> yeah. right. i don't know which one's worse i mean i don't yeah. know i mean but <laughs> right but uh yeah 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 so it, yeah so, you know, I guess kind of circling back here, the the whole, um, you know, if, you know, somebody's working or whatever is uh, your hours are 830 to five. You get your half hour for lunch. Um, is it is it based on them showing up at 830, them leaving at five or is it actually work? Well, yeah. And, so, and, and, and you know, two 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 pieces here. I mean, obviously, I'm asking you more on the legal side. Yes, on a on a. Do you really want to keep the employee side? You know, you got to do something within reason. But just just wonder from a from a legal side. You know, what is the real the real rule there? Yeah. So one, if it's a you know, obviously an hourly employee. Um, it, it it's 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 generally you, you let me say this if they show up 8 30 and their lunch is at 12 to 12 30 what have you they're essentially again there's some exceptions that can get real nitty-gritty but 8 30 to 12 like they, they're they're on the clock right, right? i mean like it, it's you know that, that's what we look we we I don't know a situation where if they're there from eight thirty to twelve, you know, they, they should be working. 
right? I mean, they should be working. And and it's like one of those things where it's like I, I tell employers, look, you want to be very careful about fooling with those hours. Uh, you know, look, because if they're there from 830 to 12, they're working. Uh, they should be. Um, now, if they're not, then you need to. And and, and it's something that, look, they're, they're just not working. They're not being productive. Then, you know, you need to you know, do disciplinary actions pursuant to your policies, but uh, you got to be very careful about fooling around with these hours. And, and I'll tell you, you know, look, we I had a client a while back, um, you know, th- th- they would fool with the hours a little bit. And that, that's, that's a recipe for disaster. Um, it, you know, you gotta be, if they're not working during that time period, they should be working then you need to to do disciplinary action, but you don't want to open yourself up unnecessarily to a wage and hour claim uh, fooling around with hours. Like that, that's, that's not, especially, uh, no, you, you don't want to do that. That That's a, that's a recipe for disaster. Right. Right. So, so don't dot you're, you're saying don't dock their time, you know, Ooh. make sure you pay them and then just work pay on the, the, the disciplinary side. side. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. You know, you document it. If it's time to get rid of them, then, you know, you got to make sure you have the documentation. Yeah. I mean, because that that's that's the cleanest way to do it, because I'm telling you, you start fooling around with you don't want to get tied up in wage and hour litigation if you don't have to. Right. Not to save what? To save. Oh, yeah. Minutes of time, I mean, you know, and, and I think sometimes as a as a business owner, it's more the principle of it. Uh, hey, you know, look, you're supposed to be here working at 830, not rolling in at 8.30 and getting your cup of coffee and, you know, talking to all of your people. And then maybe you finally turn your computer on at, at 8.50, uh, yeah. you know, type thing. So I think that that's, you know, the, 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 there's there's definitely ways to handle it. There are, there are. And, and I think it's a little bit harder right now with the way our, um, uh, you know, the, the, the people that are out there that, um, that are qualified or unqualified to do these jobs. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, everybody seems to be having a hard time, you know, finding the employees, um, you know, to, to, you know, especially if you want them to physically come into the office to work. That's right. Oh yeah. No question. Yeah. No question. So, yeah. I mean, Jay, so we, co- we've covered a lot of stuff here, uh, short period of time. I know we could probably go on hours about, you know, different scenarios and things like that. What if I not asked you that you that you wish I had? Yeah, you know, uh, EPLI insurance is something I think that mm, business owners, good, yeah. yeah, employment practices, liability insurance. So it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you depend on your insurance broker, uh, you know, they may or may not mention it, but it's something I think to have a conversation about because as you get more employees, it's just more risk, more opportunities for folks to, you know, look, nothing stops an employee from going to the EEOC and filing a claim. Right. right. Uh, you know, nothing stops an employee from filing something with the Department of Labor saying, oh, I, you know, and so EPLI insurance can be a good way of just having a little bit of coverage to help, def- you know, defend you, get, to, you know, a defense lawyer involved to right. protect you a little bit should you have to go to the EOC or have to deal with some type of employment dispute. Uh, so definitely something to think about. You should talk to your insurance broker about it. Uh, see what the rates are. Uh, because again, once you start getting beyond an employee of one scenario, 
uh, it's something that you want to potentially start thinking about because as you grow, again, you start hitting certain employee numbers, you start becoming subject to more laws. Right. Uh, and, uh, and, and look, one thing I can tell you in Maryland, uh, in DC, um, it, you know, it, 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 you've got to have your ducks in a row from a compliance standpoint and you need a backstop because once the, you know, once the litigation or threatened litigation starts paying for a defense lawyer can get real expensive, yeah. real yeah. quick. Uh, so definitely EPLI, I think is something. I think, yeah. Cause I, I think that's, that's, uh, I'm going to say that's peanuts compared yeah. to what it could be. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, like you're saying, once you get to the more employees and stuff like that, because, you know, like right now, something could be going on out there between two employees that I have no knowledge about, yep. but I'm still held liable because I'm the the, the owner. Um, so I think that, that that's a great recommendation, uh, you know, for anybody out there. Um, Jay, if, if people like what they what they've heard and they would like to talk to you on either side of it, from a management or an employee side, how can they reach out to you? Yeah, uh, you can call us. Uh, our number is 410-514-6099 or visit our website, uh, www.staffordtrialteam.com. Uh, be more than happy to speak with you. Great. I really appreciate your time today. I think, uh, you know, uh, people have learned a lot from this. Um, I think that this is something as a business owner, um, uh, especially when we've started out and it's just been us and we've, we've grown, we're not thinking about, uh, that's yeah. for sure. So I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, no, thank you, Gary. Thanks for having me. Great. Hey guys, this week, our guest was, uh, Jamal Stafford, who's the, uh, founder and managing member of the law firm of JW Stafford. I will see you guys next week. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>